Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. We've been talking for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, hi folks, I'm Tim. And I'm Dustin. And this is, this is Apocalypse Now. We've been talking for 30 minutes, and now I don't know how to speak anymore. Uh, and uh, it's been very exciting, folks. You will not have heard all of this, because I'll have chopped it off. We've been talking, you know, dental surgery and fringe festivals and, and uh, yeah. writing and, and things we wish we had more time to do. Uh, but yeah, um, we've been having fun, but now it's time to talk about this week's episode of Fear of the Walking Dead, which... Are we going to continue to have fun? Well, I guess we'll see. Um, well, let's see. I'll, I'll, I'll lead off. God, this was an awful episode. Uh, oh, this uh, was so bad. Uh, uh, well, I, uh, I want, I want to defend it. I really, really want to defend it. Okay. But guess what? Guess. I can't. Okay. I, can't. <laughs> I was like, oh no, please like, do. We're going to fight, Dustin. It's not an awful episode. There were, there were things that were good. And then I was like, no, we'll just talk. We'll, we'll just have to, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, I mean, was it the worst episode of this particular show we've ever seen? No, no, but it was the. I think it was definitely the worst episode of the season. Definitely the worst episode of the season so far. And there were some cringe-inducing moments in this episode. I mean, just cringy bad. Uh, leave us, leave, even leaving aside a couple of really terrible effect shots. Mm-hmm. Or, or just like, you know, I don't know. I have a, we're going to have to talk a lot about children <laughs> oh i i don't know because there's a bazillion children on this show only three of which have faces or, or names. names yes <laughs> or a single line of dialogue there's always like nebulous children figures over there who and none, apparently none of them have any say in their lives at all they all just follow what's her freaking name ashley becky Sarah Beth. Terrible, terrible girl number one. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's that was that was one of the issues with this show. This this episode. But it did, it did do something that we had been worried, wondering about. It did explain how the how the kids survived the uh, the death of all the people at the camp. That's true, and I was a little disappointed that they buried that in the rest of this episode because that was actually. I mean, this. I would have much rather had a flashback to these children dealing with all of that this episode than almost anything else we saw this episode. Well, I mean, they did a one-off last week. Probably, I would say probably the best episode of the season so far was last week's. Uh, And I I can understand why they didn't want to be like, okay, now we're going to do a one-off and then we're going to do a flashback because this show is not, Walking Dead and is not, I mean, the main characters are, are like seriously the main characters and 
I know that there are people, not us, obviously, but, but people who are, who watch the show who would be like, why did you spend a full hour with these kids that we know nothing about explaining how they got to the situation they're in? You know, because we know nothing about these kids and we don't know anything about the situation and how they got to where they are now. That's reason enough to tell the story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and again, I would just, I mean, I would have much rather had that than almost every other part of this episode. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was, uh, it was very, very bad. It was just bad. Okay. So what do we want to talk about first? Obnoxious children Magical balloons, um, uh, radiated zombies, or uh, bad babysitting technique. We could talk about the fact that people who are not remotely trained in anything involving aeronautical construction think they can fix an airplane. Oh, right. Yeah, there's that. With children labor. With children <laughs> Seven to ten random children doing all the work. Uh, I'm like it. It would. There's part of me that wants them meet, wants to see them fix the plane. Air quotes for the kids at home, and it takes off and immediately explodes and kills everyone. I'd be like, fair enough. (laughs) Like, no, no, no. I don't care. Who's who? Who are these people? These are professional people constructing airplanes. Don't always get it right. Yeah. Well, but Al's leading the charge. And like I said, I have no doubt that Al could have figured it out. Like, <laughs> do I need to, I need to fix a plane? No problem. Yeah. Okay. Just cause Mal, just cause Al is a magic lesbian doesn't mean she can fix a plane. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just, I was watching this whole sequence with them going, okay, we're going to fix the plane. And I'm going, wait, are you guys aeronautical mechanics now? When did this happen? Is there a course? Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I, I guess I must have missed the part where they found that plane. Um, because they started talking. I was like, wait, the, the plane that Strand's got? Is that what we're trying to fix? No, it's a completely other plane that has a whole wing off of it. Like, how are they going to put the wing back on, Tim? Well, see, this is the plane they crashed. Oh, so not only is it a plane they're, they're trying to repair, it's a broken plane that they already broke that they're trying to repair. So, you know, they already crashed it once. Let's go for two. I just... No. Yeah, I guess... I guess. Oh, that's right. Because I missed, like, the first five, ten minutes of the first episode of the season. Right. I came in on the, the aftermath of the plane crash. So I didn't even see what the, the crash was or what they crashed. So that when I, they were like, we're going to fix the plane. I was like, looking around, like, where'd they get a plane? Then I, you know, that makes sense now. It does beg the question, since they have a truck that they can move the plane with, and they have vehicles to get around in, why don't they just drive? Because they have to fix the plane, Tim. Do they, Dustin? Do they they really? There are mountains, and no one has ever figured out how to put roads through mountains before. So, so, um, so, Dustin, you you live in in the Texas spaces. I do. That this show supposedly takes the places in. True. And um, could you tell the kids at home? Do they in fact have roads in Texas? 
they do have roads in Texas. Interesting. Know. Interesting. Do they go places? Yeah. Okay. You know, you know sometimes they even go up uh, the side of the crazy cliffs. That's it. That, that's fascinating because apparently this show has forgotten that. I'm like, you know, it's, uh, they're in this isol. It's, I guess they're, we're supposed to be there in this isolated space that no one can just leave. I mean. Yeah. Like, you know, especially considering that they're, you know, within, uh, you know, few, maybe, you know, an indeterminate amount of miles to a nuclear power plant. There's got to be roads to get to and from that plant. Mm-hmm. But who, who, who knows? But this is also a show that's is a spinoff of the show that basically dumped a prison down the middle of nowhere. And we're all supposed to believe that this prison's out in the middle of, you know, the woods. Right. Well, they've done that. I mean, and they continue to do that. Like yeah. nothing, everything and on this show too. It's like random things live in random places, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. It's just, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it was just, and I, it's part of the, I guess a little bit of that has been bugging me overall this season since they got there, but not so much that it really, you know, we're kind of used to that, but here it was really egregious. Right. So it's just like, okay. And, and then later we will get an air balloon, which clearly they're close enough to fly an air balloon, hot air balloon over, you know, a very short period of time. So they're, they don't move that fast. They are not the most, you know, high-speed transports. And aren't they, like, really, really difficult to steer? Don't you have to spend, you know, like, years training on how to steer an air balloon? Not if you're going to shoot it against a green screen. Go where you needed to go. Or use a balloon that is clearly not actually a hot air balloon. It's one of those... That's a... that. That's not even a hot air balloon. <laughs> well, no, hang on. I lived in St. Louis for several years. You lived in St. Louis for a bit, didn't you? Or you just visited? Um, they do the hot air, hot air balloon festival every year, and there are some balloons that are actual hot air balloons that you would not believe are hot air balloons that are shaped in crazy, crazy shapes. So it never, like, the idea that this hot air balloon is a giant beer bottle did not strike me as strange because I've seen, I've seen hot air balloons that are giant bottles. Well, okay, I'll, I will concede that I will concede that, that that's there. But you're right. I think that um, you it does take a little uh, effort to to fly one of those. Not to mention to navigate it from the sky. True. I mean, there's no real indication that they've got like a map to where they are because there yeah. isn't one and. They're communicating by radio, and things look a little different from the air, when apparently there are no roads to follow right. or something. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh. Ugh. But yeah, when you shoot it against a green screen, you don't have to navigate anything. Right. You just have to show up to the studio and say, stand over there, pretend you're flying. And, like, who... Okay, so, so like, Strand and, uh, you know, Sarah... And Charlie and uh, and uh, the wheelchair guy, and I'm guessing Daniel, because even though he wasn't in this episode, he didn't like die. He they saved him. He's, he was there. Um, are all standing around this hot air balloon, going, "Okay, who needs to go? Who's got to go on this very dangerous rescue mission?" 
And they all did the nose thing where I'll touch the nose. <laughs> and Charlie was the only one who didn't. She was like, oh, damn it, I'm 12. <laughs> but see, this way, she can be endangered by the radioactive zombies who, of course, surround the balloon when, of course, they run out of fuel because no one takes extra fuel. Right. Well, and not only that, but now she's going to be there... She's going to be the one, ultimately, like, even though Alicia super-duper wants to be the one to convince these kids to come back with her, it's going to be Charlie. Well, I don't know if I want these kids to come back, because this scene, the, the scene toward the end where, you know, Alicia is going to cut her way through this wall. I mean, there are dozens of walkers blocking this road, which apparently there's no way around. There's and, no... like, they did this in how long? Like, they left earlier that afternoon. I have decided these children, I don't care how, how cute the, little, the, the littlest Moppet is, I'm pretty sure these children are evil. Because yeah. only evil children could set up, like, a 26-deep walker field. And I'm like, yeah, they are way too good at herding, corralling, and binding walkers into walls of death. I don't want these children around. I don't, I don't know. That's a really super useful skill. Well, is it though? Because again, I'm trying to figure out why Alicia can't just sit there and go, okay, here's where it's blocked. I will walk around it because we live in a three-dimensional world with multiple ways of around things. And it's like, it's like, you know, the road that they couldn't have gone up last episode, even though there should have been a road there up the up, up the mountain or the hill, so yeah, it's just like okay, all right, whatever, whatever. Just, I, yeah, these kids are creeping me out. They're creeping me out, Dustin. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't understand how like the one, like one kid is making the decisions for all these other kids. Mm-hmm. Like, and it makes it seem like I'm in charge of my brother and sister or my little brothers, but there's like. 7 to 10 to 15 to 30 other kids there. Don't they get a say in whether or not they're eaten by radioactive zombies? Or no. just blown up in a nuclear uh, you know, power plant explosion? Of course not. Only, only one. There's a limited number of children speaking roles. And only the one who's the oldest and most um, well, most irritating, actually. Uh, you know, even even though she does clean up well. Yeah. I was going to say that, too. Like, I mean, after they, they let her have a bath, and she's still going to be like, screw you guys. Yeah, I'm, um, she was remarkably well, well cleaned for ba- bathing in a sink. Was there, was there a shower in that room I, I didn't see? I'm sure see? there's got to be a shower somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, uh, oh, these children. So, yeah, basically, Alicia says, come with us if you want to live. And the children go, no. Uh, oldest child goes, no. And then um, Alicia gives them a choice to stay or go. And the kids go, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> then, Which is the dumbest freaking thing. Yeah, and there's a weird speech that happens where Alicia talks about, you know, are you living for what your parents would want or are you just, you know, hiding behind the idea of the dead? And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there were, a, there were a whole lot of weird tonal moments in this episode. Yeah. 
just weird, weird tones where it's like, you know, um, Morgan with the whole, I guess it's supposed to be played for comedy where he's trying to figure out the, the balance on the, the mop handle and using it <laughs> as a staff. I guess that was supposed to be played for comedy, but it wasn't right. funny. Um, and it does lead to a nice moment where he finds his staff. I don't know why um, Grace is keeping his, his irradiated staff in the back of the truck, um, except maybe for us to have this moment where he picks it up and goes, huh, just a piece of wood and plastic. Even though he'd been thinking of it as sort of this, you know, symbol of the, the piece he found when he, when he trained yeah. with that, that guy. Um, I actually liked that moment. I thought it was, I thought that was a nice little moment where he's kind of like, you know, and I can see that this thing becoming a symbol for him. Yeah. And I could see him going, huh? No, it's not about, it's not the thing. It's what the thing represents. Right. Um, and in that particular case, um, you know, honestly, a bro- uh, a mop handle is a pretty sturdy rod substitute. Yeah, and sure. Especially against a zombie skull. You're going to stab it into their head. Um, yeah, let's talk about Grace for a second. Oh, okay. I'm happy to have Grace back. But um, I'm not entirely sure, you know, she, she calls up and she's like, have you guys got a generator? And Morgan's like, well, yeah. And of course goes, well, we do. We're using it to fix our plane so we can get out of here. And she's like, like yeah. not anymore, you're not. <laughs> so... We got a pro- there's a problem down at the mill. I mean, the, the radioactive uh, pile over here we call a nuclear reactor. Which at this point, um, my thought is, okay, now, the only people you have here are walkers for miles and miles and miles. Yeah. Except for Grace and the kids. Now, it's not ideal to just leave the reactor and run. Yeah. On the other hand, it's gonna it's gonna melt down no matter what she does. Mm-hmm. That's the problem that I had with it. Is like, you know, yes, I agree that you know, like her buying time is a great thing, but ultimately, like, it's gonna like even if she shuts it down perfectly, eventually, there's like no real shutting it down because it's gonna it's gonna melt down anyway. Well, and she's if she's got. You know, if she's been exposed to the to the radiation to the point where she's expecting to die mm-hmm. relatively soon by what she seems to think. You know, she's just buying time anyway. So take the kids and run. Well, and the weird thing is, is like, do the kids even know, like the kids know about the irradiated zombies? That's what killed their parents. Why are they so intent on staying in this area? Like, why can't why not? take this opportunity to leave and then bugger off. Well, because we have to have drama, I guess. Alicia fighting her way through a needlessly dense field of walkers so that she can actually get to the children who are, I guess, going towards the radioactive area here. I think they're going back to the camp or something like that. Which I guess is inside the, the... meltdown zone and then of course is where the balloon goes down mm-hmm. because of course it does uh because right. strand and and grace has the only suit <laughs> yeah 
Morgan's like, where's the other suit? And she's like, I didn't tell you there was another suit. He's like, seriously, you're going to run off and do this by yourself? And she goes, yeah, you've met me already. We had a whole episode about me. And <laughs> he's like, but we have to make eyes at each other. And she's like, we can make eyes at each other, but... We'll I'm make- going to die. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I... I, I didn't. I wasn't bothered. So the, the, the Morgan Grace stuff didn't bother me so much, aside from the fact that it seems like a very contrived thing. For yeah. the this is where the rea- the meltdown is happening, right? And you know, um, their interaction I was fine with, but uh, I, oh yeah, oh god. And then there's then there's Dwight and John Dory. Oh, I didn't like that either. There were two things I didn't like about that. One is Dwight as an optimist doesn't feel right because we've had so much of Dwight. I mean, there's, you know, the cynicism and, and negativity of Dwight mm-hmm. uh, throughout the walking dead, you know, his time on the walking dead made perfect, perfect sense living inside Negan's world. Right. And going after his wife there's a certain amount of built-in optimism, but you don't change your, um, you've, there's, a, there's just this layer of cynicism in Dwight's character that it seems to me has always been part of his character. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he gets super excited and super like grinny and just like, you know, happy that they're close and, you know, he's on the right highway finally. And, and he's looking, you know, we've, we've got a, I think she was here. I was just like, okay, they're just setting, they're setting him up. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and the problem, the problem is like my, the problem I had with it is um, John Dory did something that I don't think John Dory would do. Yeah. That was the other thing. And hiding the letter and not telling Dwight about the letter because he's taking agency away from somebody. He knows, he knows from literal experience, like legitimately the don't find me letter, Mm -hmm. that if you are, if you love somebody enough, you're not going to give up. He knows this from his own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's still going to hide that, like, that take the agency away from Dwight and leave him to, you know, like let Dwight decide for himself. Like let Dwight see the letter and say no, or see the letter and say, I understand. And yes, like let, you know, give him that. Don't. And not only that, it's, it'd be one thing if, and it would still be wrong, but it'd be one thing if John had, had known Dwight long enough to realize that if he took away this this hope, this could break Dwight. Mm-hmm. But he met Dwight yesterday. Yeah. Or the day before. Or, you know, just days ago. There's no way that he's going to be... He doesn't... He not only takes away his agency, he makes an assumption about the person. Right. That is... Um, maybe right, maybe wrong. Dubious at best. And not only... I, I, Okay, so here's my prediction of what's going to happen here. Is that Dwight will find his wife. And she will say, um, well, 
you, I left you a letter saying, don't find me. And he goes, I didn't find the, the letter. And, and John Doyle will go, yeah, so about the letter. And Dwight will go, it's okay. I found my wife and we're happy. I forgive you, John. And that'll be the end of it. That's my prediction because it just, I, I don't have faith they're not going to do it that way. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a really awkward situation. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, 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 it's needless drama for no, no one's sake, but the writer's room, the writer's room were like, Hey, let's make John Dory hide the letter. And it's like, it's needless drama. It's, it's going to add nothing to the plot to have John Dory know this letter exists and have Dwight not know this letter exists. Right. Right. Either, either he continues to look for his wife and finds her and she, that scenario happens or he continues to look for his wife and he doesn't find her. Right. Or he continues to look for his wife and she's a zombie. Whether or not Dwight gets the letter has no bearing on any of those things. True. Yeah, it's just awkward. It's and and, and it, it kind of it's a betrayal of John's character. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, it's just all the way around. It's just oh, this whole bit. Let's see. That's the balloon. That's uh, the children. That's John and Dwight. Morgan and Grace. Morgan and Grace. Is that everything? Is that all that happened this week? As Alicia talked to the kids, that was her thing. Oh, and we didn't talk about how, like, because we were really like, how did all the parents die and all the kids survive? Well, they explained it. And it actually was a really good explanation. It was. I liked that was a that was something I, I liked. So apparently they had been living at the camp for a while and everything was good and they had even like plans like routes they were supposed to take and double backs they were supposed to do to keep walkers from finding the camp or keep other people from finding the camp. And they never explained that maybe but I, it makes me think that these the walker barricades were maybe the parents for the most part. Mm. Um but I can't say that for certain. Because they never said it. And I don't right. want to infer because uh, that little girl's a psycho. Uh, <laughs> so, but one of the plans they had in place was if something goes wrong at the camp, the kids all went to a certain spot where they would wait for the parents to come and get them. And it was a safe spot that they could rendezvous later. That if anything went wrong, that was their, their basic rendezvous point. And that's a really good, smart plan. All these things were really smart. And the little girl whose name is, Tamitha or Dirch or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> says, says it only took one time for somebody to be careless. Somebody didn't double back or somebody didn't follow one of the prescribed routes and the irradiated zombies made their way to the camp and the parents sent the kids off to the safe space and when they didn't come back, uh, Brooklyn or Ashley or whatever her name is, went back by herself to find out what was wrong. And she discovered the parents had won. They had killed all the zombies and burned all the bodies, but the burning of the bodies released the toxins into the air. And now they all had, had uh, radiation poisoning and were dying. Right. And so she didn't, they like wouldn't even let her into the place where they were all locked because you know, they were, and, and all of that, all of that is good, smart, like, those were good, smart people who, who had a terrible thing happen to them and, and continue to do the good, smart thing, even though they all died. And I actually liked that. 
Mm-hmm. Her name is Annie, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a grand tradition of you renaming characters, and we'll go with yours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I like Tamitha. Tamitha? Sure, okay. Yeah, it's it, it was a really actually uh, uh, a neat bit, which, again, I, I would have liked to have seen it. I thought that was a really kind of a cool sequence that we could have seen that would have been much more fun to watch than most of this episode. Or at least more, more interesting, because it was... There, for a show that often has a lot of strategically poor plans, mm-hmm. this was a really cool one, except that it happened off screen. So, eh. Um, on the other hand, you know, she did take the children away from being forced labor on an airplane project that isn't going to work. Right. So next week we get to find out, you know, how we're going to not get away from all these irradiated zombies and not not get irradiated ourselves. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Strand and Charlie are, are in, in terrible, terrible danger. And none of this, none of this is taking into account that they ain't got nowhere else to go when they get back. Oh, well, Daniel's place. But their, their place that they, got set, that they set up is not available to them any longer. Like, and we still haven't dealt, we haven't dealt with that shit yet. Yeah, but I'm starting to wonder, though, because, I mean, Daniel's place has all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Why do they need the old warehouse at this point? Well, you know Alicia's going to want it back. I understand the whole wanting it back, but nobody needs it. I mean, you sit there and go, we'll just stay here at Daniel's. We'll, we'll use all of his stuff to do our missions of mercy thing, which... Well, except you don't cast Max Headroom for one episode. No, no, you don't. They're going to bring, that's going to come back. That's got to come back. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm, so as much as, uh, as much as I like, because we've certainly talked about the fact that the walking dead is, and the fear of the walking dead is often just, you know, uh, misery porn. Um, As much as, you know, we've, we've enjoyed to some degree the sort of optimistic tone the show has taken. Yes. This, This hope for the future, Look at look at how we can make a better world. Um, and this episode could be a complete and utter one-off. The rest of the season could be really, really good. And this episode could just be that one episode that we always seem to get where it's like, wow, what happened here? Did yeah. they wander off and somebody somebody's kid wrote the script and they handed it in before the deadline and this is all they could go with? Um, you know, did the dog eat the homework? What What happened here? But... I, there's part of me that literally seems like we're going to get the whole confrontation thing and, and Matt Frewer is going to be like, well, you know, um, you know, this is my stuff and I'm going to do the things and Daniel's going to show up and give him the argument about how, you know, what use is it all just keeping it to yourself and you know, mm-hmm. save the world and help people. And Matt Frewer is going to go, goodness, you've convinced me. And, you know, he'll join the cast. I mean, I'm, mm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm concerned. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think that it's going to be like, this is the, you know, our world and we're going to make it. And, and either Daniel or Alicia is just going to stab him in the whole face. Which I'm fine with too. I just, I'm, <laughs> well, hopefully Daniel. I mean, Alicia's, Alicia needs to stop stabbing living people in the faces. <laughs> I don't like it when Alicia stabs people in the face. Yeah, when when they're zombie people, I'm fine with that. 
but uh, you know, we've we've watched we've watched her go from being the girl who couldn't pull her hair back to clean up vomit on the floor in the first episode, to you know, her first reaction is to stab it till it dies. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, do you remember when I said when we were talking about what this show was gonna like because it was set in L.A. and I said that I wanted there to be like a bimbo character, like a like a Kardashian, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there wasn't, and we were like, oh no, it's about this like middle class family, and that sucks. Well, you know, more that was I still got what I wanted with Alicia. The character who started off completely useless of like, why is Alicia happening? So now she's like a complete badass. That's true. And we did not initially realize that it was a family of sociopaths. Right. So <laughs> there's that. I still want Madison to make a surprise appearance this season and just throw everything into chaos. I do. I don't know if it'll be this season, but I have such faith that Madison is going to show back up. I just, I just do. I just do. Like, <laughs> I... If if we if we cover this show until Fear the Walking Dead ends and Madison never comes back, I don't know. I don't know what I'll I, I I'll I'll I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. But I, I just have such I can't even say how much faith I have that she's gonna come back. Like I think that they killed I, they did what they did because she had to go shoot the fucking Deadwood movie. Hey, it could be. Did you see the did you see the they've announced some of the casting news for the spin off show? Uh, a little bit, but I don't really know. I I don't didn't know who the people were, and I didn't feel like googling them. So yeah, I wasn't familiar with them either. But uh, for the folks who haven't seen that yet, the basic premise is is that it's this is the first generation of kids growing up post apocalypse. Right, seems to be what the premise of the show is. So um, this is the only world they've ever known. Versus the folks who you know a significant chunk of our of our cast uh, in every show and both shows so far have been people who re- certainly remember mm-hmm. the world before. Um, you know, Judith, of course, is... Doesn't. Yeah, she's doesn't. part of that, that generation. So, so is it going to be about, like, tweens, or is it going to be, like, a huge jump forward in time, or...? Don't know yet. Don't know yet. The, the, oldest, the oldest actress involved is in her 20s. There's a, they've only announced three actors, and then, yeah, I'm afraid, I'm afraid I don't have their names in front of me. Um... One of them looks familiar, and that's about all I can say. Yeah. So. Well, we'll know more as, as more more is available to us. Sure, sure. So we'll learn more as we learn more, folks. You know, there's a truth in what you say. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we'll see what happens there. I, I hopefully, and hopefully, next episode will will not be this bad. I just thought this was bad. Yeah, I, I, I only really like, you know, I almost was like, didn't really even pay that hard of attention to it. Oh, you know, I, I still caught everything I needed to catch. Like I was not like as in enthr- like the whole episode last week. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, even the episode that I watched on mute, I was like, oh, I wish I was watching this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was like in the living room with the kids and they all got bored with it almost immediately, mm-hmm. which, you you know, like they love these shows and they love that I let them watch something this gory. And so they, you know, when you, when, when you lose the interest of a 12 year old who is just there to watch zombies happen, you know, didn't care about the plot at all. 
you know you did a bad job. Oh, uh, yeah. Conveniently, I guess convenient, conveniently, air quotes again, um, uh, it was a boring episode. So if you're going to, if you're going to get bored with this, with one of these episodes, make it this one, I guess. Cause yeah, no, this was dull. This was dull. It was poorly written. It didn't matter. The children were evil. You know, all the things we love so much about the walking dead universe. Hopefully next week we'll be better. Yes. All right. Well, folks, I think we've griped about this episode enough. Uh, if, let us know what you think in the comments or on Facebook or on Twitter. If you, uh, you can I find have us. a question. Do we yeah. ever check the comments? Do you ever check the comments? Um, I check to see if we have comments. I never check the comments. Because I'm afraid somebody's going to be like, he sounds fat. <laughs> I am trying to lose weight. That's not a very nice thing to say, Dustin. Well, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't check the comments. But see if we have them. We don't get a lot of comments. But you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on podcast.com, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Dustin tweets as the night Dusto. He also occasionally tweets from the Zumpocalypse Now uh, Twitter account. I make rare appearances on the Timothy Harvey uh, Twitter account. Uh, but you can definitely follow us there. And we'd like, we'd like, you know, share the show. Let us people, let people know about us. If you're enjoying the show, let people know that you do and invite them to enjoy it as well. So I think we've got two more episodes left before the mid-season break, I think. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, we'll see if that is actually the case. Anyway, we'll be back next week with more of Zompocalypse Now, and hopefully an, an episode that doesn't make us go, really? Why? 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 Um, but as always, Dustin, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Tim. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Production. All rights reserved.